baseball fans, and welcome to Sully Baseball Daily, the podcast we talk about baseball 365 days a year, unless it's a leap year, and then we're going to do another one. I've been doing this every single day since October 24th, 2012. It's now the third day of June, 2016. I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully. I'm recording this from Sully Baseball Studio. In Palo Alto, California, the birthplace of Oakland A's manager Bob Melvin and former Detroit Tigers pitcher Dan Petrie. Uh, I'm loading up on some Evergreen podcast because your pal Sully is going on a trip in, uh, in a few weeks. So you may hear several interviews and several more Evergreen shows it's because I'm on the road and it's I'm going to be doing my best to not be doing podcasts every day there. So in order to do that, uh, i got to bank a few of them. So you can continue enjoying this show every day. I hope you enjoyed the Little League game. Uh, the, my boys do have one more Little League game, and that's going to be on Saturday. So that's probably going to be the last ever game they play. And your pal Sully's going to see it, and let's hope it doesn't start two hours Late. I had a wonderful conversation today with former Detroit Tiger and San Francisco Giant Larry Herndon, who's going to be, who had a great conversation. It's going to be a two-parter that I'm going to have either next week or the week after, where he talks, the first part is talk about his days with the Giants, and he played with, he, none of the teams who played with the Giants were championship-caliber teams, but he played with the likes of Vida Blue and Bill Madlock and Willie McCovey Jack Clark and Daryl Evans, a lot of great players. And then later he was part, and that's going to be part one. And then part two is, of course, you know, if you know Larry Herndon, and he was a member of the great, one of the great teams of the 1980s, which were the 1984 Detroit Tigers. And I asked him several questions about the process of being in the World Series. And let me just tell you, his answers didn't disappoint. It was a wonderful conversation. So keep an eye out for that. Uh, i got to mix that. i got to edit that. And, oh, by the way, also just two quick, quick requests. I'm getting, before I get into the, the meat of this episode, uh, the podcast that I produce along, uh, other than Solid Baseball, the other podcast, Real Crime Profile, uh, has been now part of the Wondery Podcasting Network, and we're starting to get some sponsors, and we're starting to get some attention. So, you know, go ahead and subscribe to Real Crime Profile on iTunes and tell people to go subscribe to that. And, hey, some of you have been doing this. I really appreciate it. I know I ask it from time to time, but it helps the visibility of the show. Uh, if you subscribe to me on iTunes or use the podcasting app, go on iTunes. If you like the show, uh, write a review. And if you have stuff you want me to not do, uh, write a review on that as well. You know, I'm as I am open, open, open to suggestions and to criticism. All right. Speaking of criticism, look at that. I tied it right in. Speaking of criticism, today's episode is going to be very, very San Diego Padres oriented. Okay. For the people who think all I do is talk about the Red Sox or the Giants all the time, guess what? If you want a Padres episode, you're about to get one. Uh, the San Diego Padres, I've said this before, this has been a topic of previous podcasts, is the 
San Diego is Cleveland with nicer weather. As the Cleveland Cavaliers are going to try their best to relieve the pain of the city of Cleveland, and you know they dropped the first game to the Warriors. If they somehow manage to win four games in this series, the city of Cleveland will get a reprieve, will get a sense of uh, uh, the championship that has been sorely missing for all those years in Cleveland. But the San Diego has is a is a city a sports city with an underrated sports oh pain it does not appear that the San Diego Chargers are going to relieve the pain of Padres fans and San Diego fans this is a city that has seen no world championships in baseball two world series appearances where they played the Detroit Tigers Larry Herndon who I spoke earlier made the caught the final out of that World Series. The only other time they got swept by the Yankees, and the they've only played in one Super Bowl where they got clobbered by the 49ers in 1994, I believe it was, and they won the AFL championship back in 1963. So technically, if you're going to count the AFL as a title, uh, then San Diego's had a longer drought than even Cleveland of any titles, and it does look like the Chargers are going to do it, and I'm telling you, it's not going to be the San Diego Padres. And this, this, I knew I've been, wa- I've been wanting to do for a couple of days a Padres podcast, and I did, I, I would have done one that would have gone up on the second day of June, but I was swamped that morning, so I posted an evergreen one. And I'm glad I held off because the narrative is a little more interesting today than it would have been. Uh, I don't know if any of you read this. There was a great article by the great Ken Rosenthal on Fox Sports where he was talking about Ron Fowler. Now, if you don't know who Ron Fowler is, Ron Fowler is the, I think his title is the executive chairman. He is Basically, he's the owner of the Padres. He's a, a, made his money in brewery took over for the team. There are several other people on that team who are on the team that bought it who are descendants of the O'Malley's who brought the Dodgers over from Brooklyn. And they've been in charge of the team for the past well, maybe four or five years, however long it is. And the owner, Ron Fowler, the executive chairman, went on the Mighty 1090, the big sports station in San Diego, and uh, let's just say he's not happy with the team. Uh, the, some of the quotes are, it's been embarrassing. Our performance on the road trip was a 1-7, pathetic. I'm competitive. Uh, this baseball experience has been very frustrating, very embarrassing. The, the, team, the, the, teams, the performance of our team, I can understand how Ray Kroc, Ray Kroc used to be the owner of the team in the 70s, 80s, would have grabbed the microphone. It was frustrating. What that means is Ray Kroc, who, by the way, is going to be played by Michael Keaton in a, an upcoming movie called The Founder, which looks really, really good. I mean, I like Michael Keaton anyway, and the film is made by the same guy who made The Rookie, which is a baseball movie I like a lot. Uh, Ray Kroc was hes called the founder of McDonald's. He kind of stole McDonald's from the McDonald brothers, made a billion dollars, and owned the Padres for a while kept the Padres in San Diego because they were going to move to Washington, D.C. And at one point when the, the Padres were playing really terribly, he went to the public address announcer and he started apologizing f- 
for the team in front of, you know, over the loudspeaker. Well, this guy is not going on the loudspeaker. He's going to the Mighty 1090, and he is calling everyone out. He called James Shields out, who they spent four, you know, four years, $75 million contract. Um, it just, he was, he seemed to be calling out uh, Andy Green, the manager, calling out the general manager. Uh, you know, it's about as frustrating as it gets. This is a quote. In a normal environment, if you had performed as well as we did in the last few years, you'd probably be unemployed. But it's baseball with guaranteed problems, you know, guaranteed contracts. And just just taking it out in terms of the, uh, you know, just calling out everybody. And, it, you know, of course, the Padres a couple of years ago did something which I thought was foolish. And I thought it was foolish at the time. You can go back and listen to the the podcast where they just started trading away some, some good young players to try to bring in a lot of, you know, to bring in the Matt Kemp's of the world, bring in the Kimbrels of the world, to, to just bring in, play, you know, bring in the Will Myers of the world to do a bizarre and I think ill-timed attempt to push the chips to the center of the table and announce to the world with authority that they are a contending team when they weren't. They were not a contending team. And they spent a crap load of money after the 2014 season, and they wound up being worse. They wound up being worse after spending all that money. And so then they wound up flipping those players that they tried to flip those players who they had, you know, who they had traded away their their big you know, some of their top prospects for. And now the Padres are, you know, if they're not the worst team in baseball, then, man, it's close. This team can't hit. This team can't produce. This team is, I mean, they're getting a decent year out of, I mean, I guess relatively decent year out of the former B.J. Upton, the current Melvin Upton. Uh, they're getting, you know, uh, Drew Pomerantz and, and John Jay are having nice little seasons, but certainly nothing to hang your hat on. And the 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 owner of the team, Mr. Fowler, went on this rant on the last day of May, the first day of June. And the Padres responded the next day with a, you know, this is a team that has had so many games where they were shut out. So many games where they've been blown out. And then yesterday, they played the Seattle Mariners, and they scored 14 runs, and they won 14-6 to six after losing 16-4. to four. After getting kind of clobbered a bunch of days and having this horrific uh, road trip, the, the bats woke up 14-6, to six, and they're like, oh, look at that. Maybe they showed a little bit of pride. Maybe they were called out by their owner, and they showed a little bit of pride. And then came today's game. And today's game, the Padres got off to an amazing start. They go, they were, it was 4-1 after one inning, and then it was 5-2, and then they erupted for seven runs in the fifth inning. So two straight, they won 14-6, now they're up 12-2. Their bats are flying. And I remember looking at that score thinking, hey, I think I know the angle for this podcast, that the Padres were basically called out by the owner, and they responded. Now, I don't think they're going to 
to have a good year, but they showed some pride and at least they responded. Those bats, which have been notoriously dead this whole season, suddenly became, uh, you know, hitting like they're an offensive juggernaut. I said, I'll probably talk about them. It'll be a positive thing. And then it happened. The Padres couldn't hold on to that lead. They were up 12-2. to two. They're up by 10 runs. Now, in any other sport, when you take a massive lead like that, you know, you can run out the clock, you can play zone defense, you can play prevent, just, you know, prevent them from going on a big run. In baseball, you have to get the three outs. And the, the Padres saw that 12-2 to two lead start to chip away as the Mariners went on a five-run rally in the sixth inning. The very, by the end of the very next inning, the seven runs the Padres scored in the fifth were almost negated. 12-2 turned into 12-7. Okay, 12-7, but it's still, still a five-run lead. Team with a good, you know, in a pitcher's ballpark, you're going to hold on to a five-run lead. Nope! Nine runs. The Mariners scored nine runs in the seventh. They were, the. I mean, think about this for a second. The Potters had a 12-2 lead in the fifth. By the time it was a seventh inning stretch, they were losing 16-12. to 12. And the final score was 16-13. to 13. And if you thought things were bad two days ago when the team had the horrific road trip, what must it be like in San Diego Padre land knowing that the owner's already pissed? Knowing that it's already, Ron Fowler has already called out the team, called out the coaches, called out everyone to look up and say that this is this humiliating, like jaw-dropping, disgraceful. There's no superlatives that you can give that that could really talk to you about how terrible a loss that says how heart-wrenching this must be for the San Diego Padres to not just the fact that they're losing. They're losing games where they were kicking the crap out of the other team. You remember how horrible the Braves started this year? And yeah, they're still terrible. They're 16-37. and 37. They're only three games back in the loss column behind San Diego. San Diego is falling like a rock and basically... This season's over. It's June. They can't win 12-2 to two games at home. They're going to play the Rockies, and, you know, it's possible you can win a game or two because the Rockies aren't any good either. But I don't think they're going to because they stink. This team, if they had just stuck to a rebuilding plan a few years ago instead of making that run for it, you know, A.J. Preller is a smart baseball guy, but they did a dumb thing. I don't know how much that came from the ownership or whatever, but the fact of the matter, and to the, to the front office credit, they did flip Craig Kimbrell to the Red Sox and got a couple of very good prospects in their system. That being said, at some point, 
you got to look and say, why don't we just start bringing everyone up? Hunter Renfro, Javier Guerra, Manny Margot, Jose Rondon, Rudy uh, Giron, I think I pronounced his name. Just bring them all up. See what happens. Because this team is not going to win piddly-poo. And the dangerous thing is this. And this is where the pain for a San Diego Padres fan is, you know, is just going to be hanging there like the proverbial low-hanging fruit. Bear with me for a second because I'm about to make sense and it's not going to make Padre fans happy. When you are in a situation where you want to make a deal with someone, you want to do business with someone, you want to be in a situation where you have an advantage over them. You are in a position of strength. Because the owner, Mr. Fowler, has been so public and the team has been so crumbling, if I were the general manager of another team, I would be calling the Padres right now for a couple reasons. First of all, they do have some quality players in their farm system. If you can convince them that, hey, look it, you can win the wild card this year. How, how much more crazy is that to convince them they can win the wild card this year than the whole spending spree they did after the 2014 season? It's just as crazy. And you're dealing with a chairman, an owner, whatever his title is, who's mad. You're dealing with him at a point where he is not thinking at his best. He may be bitter. He may want to do a revenge move. He may want to do his, ah, to hell with them. And when someone says to hell with them, they're not about to make great decisions. If I were a general manager, I would be poking the proverbial bear in San Diego to see if they could take advantage of an ownership who's embarrassed by the product on the field and may make a move out of spite. You don't believe me that moves can be made out of spite? Could someone explain the Josh Donaldson trade from the A's to the Toronto Blue Jays without bringing up spite in the conversation? Now, I'm not saying the Padres have tons of players that you'd want to have. Any team that's playing as poorly as they do, by definition, can't be loaded. But they're getting a decent year out of John Jay. They're getting an okay year out of Will Myers. And uh, Melvin Upton Jr. Has played, the, has played well. You're getting Fernando Rodney's having a nice year out of the bullpen. These are all... You know, and, and of course, James Shields, who got his butt handed to him his last game, but is still a serviceable pitcher. He can still get your innings, say, for a, an occasional butt whipping. And Drew Pomerantz is having a nice year. Don't look at his win-loss record. It doesn't make any difference. And Andrew Cashner is a pending free agent. So they probably have to get something. But you can, they, you can pick apart this carcass and find individual pieces that very well may help a major league team. And when you're in a situation where you can possibly make a deal with an ownership that's mad, an ownership that's mad at the players, that's mad at the personnel, 
then you're looking at someone you want to deal with. If I were a team that was, like if you take a look at the standings right now, the National League is unfolding exactly the way anyone with a set of eyes could have seen it. Nats and Mets in the National League, Giants and the Dodgers are in, in the National League West, as I said, Mets, Nats in the East, Cubs, Pirates in the Central, the Cardinals are a little bit on the periphery, but they're only a game and a half out of the wild card. So, they're, you know, they're, they're the teams you expect to do well. The Marlins are hanging in there. The Phillies are on a seven-game losing streak. That's that market correction we were expecting. And the other teams, the Brewers stink. Yeah, they're, they're doing a little better than we thought, but they're not that good. The Reds obviously are bad. The Rockies obviously are bad. The Diamondbacks aren't any good. And the Padres are going to be one of the worst teams in baseball. In other words, it's exactly the way we thought it was going to be. When you take a look, if, you, if you're one of the teams like the Nats, the Mets, all the ones I said at the top, it would behoove you to pick apart the Padres and see if you can get the reinforcements you need. Meanwhile, virtually everyone with the exception of Minnesota is a contender right now in the American League. And everyone in the American League could use a player here, a player there, and you're not sure how it's going to fit. They should all be calling San Diego and doing stuff, pushing the buttons of Mr. Fowler, saying, oh, man, yeah, so that guaranteed money with James Shields, that's, uh, that must be a burden on you, right? That must be... Uh, Man, I bet your life would be a lot easier if he was gone. And you know, I, well, bartender, bartender, um, more Jello shots, more Drambuies. So, Fowler, baby, Melvin Upton, B.J. Upton, whatever you call him, that's a lot of money he costs. Man, he must be a great burden to think of maybe getting him off the roster. Just take advantage. You want, it's like, if you're a used car dealer and someone comes in there to, to use car lot and, like, gets out of his car, drops five F-bombs to his car, to his car he just got out, I was like, you piece of crap, and starts walking around, he's like, I'll take anything other than this piece of crap. Do you want, you're going to get a great deal. You're going to swindle that guy. This is a chance. There are 29 other teams including the crappy teams, who should be calling the Padres right now and seeing if they can pluck away either a major leaguer or maybe some of their prospects. You can say, hey, do you know what? I know it's kinds of sucks, but if you did have another hitter, yeah, you might make up that ground. You, you sure well might. You very well might because remember the Colorado Rockies did in 2007. They kind of did that once, so maybe you want to hand me uh, Manny Margot and Logan Allen and all your prospects. That'd be great. Take advantage of an owner who's publicly mad. Remember when the Cardinals owner got publicly mad and started yelling? Of course you don't. Of course you don't. Steady organizations try their best to keep their owner as the some as someone you just sort of say, oh, there he is, yeah. Waving to the crowd, there he is. Sit down, let the baseball people run their job. I'm absolutely convinced that the impulse of the spending spree after the 2014 season 
was a result of Mr. Fowler giving a directive that I want to win right now. I have no evidence to base that, but seeing how he was responded recently, it strikes me as that would Oh, that would be the most logical explanation. Because that was as it was happening, you just sat there going like, why are they doing this? They're not ready to contend. They're not. They should have been rebuilding that whole time. But they weren't. And now here we are. So if you are a major league team, ah, why don't you give San Diego a call? Let me tell you, those players are going to be thrilled to get the hell out of there. And you may get that owner at a point where he wakes up the next morning going, oh, crap, what did I do? That's what you want in a trading partner. Someone yelling, oh, crap, what did I do? People who say that a lot tend not to have made the best decisions in their lives. I'm just saying. Who owned baseball? Uh, Deho Lee started the game on the bench, came off the bench, Got three hits and a homer, and was a big part of the Mariners humiliating the Padres 16 to 3, as I mentioned. Uh, Eugenio Suarez doubled and hit a pair of home runs in the Reds' 11 to 4 defeat of the Rockies. Michael Pineda struck out eight Tigers in five and two thirds innings. The Yankees held on for dear life 5 to 4. Madison Bumgarner, now this is how you own baseball. He struck out 11 Braves, pitched seven two thirds shutout innings. And hit a homer. Final score, 6 nothing. If it was one nothing, it would still be a victory. And Madison Bumgarner owned baseball. Uh, no pitchers owned baseball because, surprise, the pitching was kind of crappy. Uh, John Jay got five hits for the Padres in that game against Seattle. And someone, I've never said this name out loud. Uh, I, I've misspelled it 15 times. Chesler Cuthbert. Hoping that's right. He got three for four of the home run. But the Royals' bullpen collapsed, and the Indians won 5-4. So one positive thing happened for Cleveland. If you're keeping score at home, that would be Bumgarner, Pineda, Eugenio Suarez, and the great Day Ho Lee. Uh, half wobs to Chesler Cuthbert. That was my confirmation name. And John Jay. Go to Sully Baseball. WordPress.com, like me on Facebook, subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, YouTube, Twitter, Stitcher, Instagram, I'm everywhere. You can be old school, send me an email at info at sullybaseball.com. Check out the up-to-date listings of who owns baseball at MLBreports.com. The music is by Ted Thacker and Patrick Kaliski. Predicting dire things to happen in San Diego. This has been the Sully Baseball Daily Podcast for, what the hell day is it, the third day of June, 2016. I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please... Call me Sully.